0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come from personal experience, not professional training. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all listeners, so please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. Today's episode is on Catching Fire, Book 2 of The Hunger Games. In this book, Katniss and Peeta find themselves back in the arena, fighting for their lives against the winners of past contests. Hi,
1: I'm Nicole. And I'm Robin. And this is Books That Burn. Alright, for the factions in Catching Fire, we have Katniss, Peeta, Gale, Hamich, Sinna, and the prep team. Prim. No, Prim. Primrose, yes, Prim, uh, Katniss's mother, residents of District 12, the Champion Tributes, residents of other districts, specifically District 11, President Snow, and the residents of the Capitol. Are you ready to talk
0: about Cinna for our minor characters? Yeah, spot? so Cinna is an an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of Cinna's... All right. <clears throat> There's a lot we could talk about with Cinna. But specifically what we're talking about today mm-hmm. is how much he is really in charge of managing other people's emotions and how much there there's a lot of him not being outwardly emotional about things that really matter to him. And there's also a lot of him protecting other people and other and specifically the tribute tributes and specifically Katniss um mm-hmm. from the things that other people are going through
1: and we're not just reading into it that he cares more than he says because his actions show it like he says you know channeling everything into his work where it won't hurt anyone but him he specifically says that yeah
0: so and there's there's a moment that really like made us decide to to do him as as a topic uh there there's a moment where Katniss's prep team has been crying over her and to her and at her about the fact that she's going into the arena again and the first time she sees Cinna she she straight up tells him don't let me go through them do that it doing that again and that was when they kind of have this little bit of a tiny bit of dialogue a tiny moment where he basically says don't worry i'll take care of it and also you don't have to worry about me doing that to you um because when i'm upset i put it into my costuming and this is how i handle my emotions and she was like oh good (laughs) so it it was literally it's literally explicitly stated that this is how he how he handles everything
1: and whatever he did to get them to not cry in front of her, it ninety five percent
0: worked. <laughs> yeah. Because
1: even even into even into mocking oh Jane, my God. Yeah, trying they, not they, to cry
0: in front of <laughs> they her are now super aware of it and stuffing down tears and sending each other out of the room like No, you're gonna break down, leave and it's it's very funny. it's almost yeah. comedic. Yeah. It is it is definitely a little bit of a
1: bright spot yeah the bright spot is that people are going out of the room to cry this is
0: a dark book yeah uh so speaking of channeling his emotions into his work (laughs) yes the mocking jay wedding dress i this is one thing that i i just think is a very cool visual the way it's described in the book a lot of the descriptions of Senna's outfits especially, but the clothing in general is very visceral, very imp- very visual. Uh, but this is and, really cool. And
1: because it's possible that you haven't read the book or seen the movies, I haven't seen the movies, I don't know how they did this, but at least how it's described in the book is she's in this wedding dress and it's white and it is the one that everybody voted on and she has to be in because for the w- she has to be in this dress she doesn't want for the wedding. She doesn't yeah. want yeah to the person she doesn't really like that way and she spins
0: and And raises her arms that was the trigger
1: yes that that was the trigger the physical trigger spins and raises her arms and as she twirls the wedding dress burns up and all the white Overstuff burns away and it turns into a black version of the dress still with feathers and it makes her look like this symbol of the resistance this bird the mockingjay yeah. and that that moment that is Cinna channeling everything
0: into his work it, it's also him it, as the designer explicitly mm-hmm. endorsing the rebellion Because he is the only person that could have made her dress be this thing. And the capital knows it. (laughs) Like that could not, Katniss could not have done that without him. And the reason this is important in terms of trauma
1: for him is that we get to the second part of the trauma where now that he has managed everybody's emotions and channeled his into his work where they won't hurt Katniss, he is beaten up in an elevator where katniss can see and then we never see him again he probably was killed he might have been tortured we don't know but for the rest of the book everyone and the rest of the series everyone believes that he was killed and or tortured and that's just taken as a fact yeah and nothing in the book he doesn't like not to spoil book three he like he nothing magically happens to to counteract that no. narrative and so he 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 knew he knew he was going to die for doing that people were dying for less like we don't have him saying he mm-hmm. knew but given the world he lived in there's no way
0: he didn't I mean he navigated the capital's um, violence as a a clothing designer for the tributes for like a year like this was his career so yeah my
1: understanding was katniss was his first tribute oh really yeah because it was he he had been a designer and then i mean but he this is
0: still his career and he was still chosen to be a designer there's only 12 there's only 12 slots for that in the whole in the whole i almost said kingdom
1: Twenty-four because each half of the thing. Oh, I
0: thought he designed for both of them.
1: Nope, Peter has Peter has their own oh. person. I think. Well, Peter has his own prep team. He, regardless, I don't think there's he has his either own twelve or twenty-four slots. their
0: costumes to go together. Oh, uh, every time. Okay, never mind. I'm pretty sure. So
1: there's tw- so. <coughs> The most important thing being, there's 12 slots for this yeah, job, and he made it. And if you
0: do the wrong thing, at any if you do the wrong thing, get at any point in your career, you don't make it to this slot. Yeah, and and he, yeah. I was gonna say,
1: if you do the wrong thing at, at any point in your career, you could get killed. If you do the wrong thing once you're in
0: this slot, you will get right. killed. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. But yeah. It, he, Senna is is honestly a very interesting character. Just because even from the beginning when when Katniss first gets that, like she very quickly has her own kind of text and where her own inner monologue where she's saying like that he is the person she is depending on and kind of feels like he is her one kind of port in the storm. Especially before she tr- trusts Haymitch and especially when she's not sure how to handle PETA, and especially when, you know, everybody is trying to give her advice on handling the crowd. Cinna is the one that she listens to and she's the he's the one that she goes back to and he he's the one that she really honestly thinks knows what he's doing and 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 there's some things where like, you know, her prep team does some stuff with makeup and she looks at him and, and says, Hey at like the first glance he looks at her and basically goes no that won't work and, and he's he's really honestly one of the first people who kind of I, I, actually i'm not even going to say the first i think he's the only person we get in the entire book who figures out pretty quickly who she is as a person and works with her instead of trying to force her to do or be or or react in a way that's that's contrary to who she is i mean his portrayals of her his costuming for her his critique and so, i think there's at least once in the first book where he actually makes the prep team redo their redo her makeup because somebody else had control of it and then she comes in front of him and he takes one look at her and goes no <laughs> that won't work because you as a person that doesn't work and so we're going to redo it so that it actually makes sense for who you are and 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 i th- i honestly i can't think of another another person in the entire series who just works with her as a human being instead of treating her like a prop that they can make perform and and i mean it and it says a lot that that he is able to do that and also is, you know, not at least until the very end where he blatantly defies the capital with with her wedding dress. But it says a lot that he is that kind of person who has kind of survived this world and isn't part of the cruelty of the capital and doesn't condone it and actively pushes back against it and protects Katniss from it. And I don't know. It's just very interesting.
1: We love Cinna. Everyone loves Cinna in, in the books. Just he's 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 so great and but also i think it's important to note that part of why everyone loves him is that he doesn't burden them with his emotions so he's very much someone that people pour into yeah and in terms of trauma that's a lot. you that's a lot you can only take that for so long and he only takes it for so long until he throws it back at the capital and is killed yeah. for it. And you can't... I don't know. I was just thinking to, like, you know, check in on your strong friends kind of a thing. Because he... He seems like the kind of person who was everybody's strong friend. And...
0: Yeah. Well, and especially when we we have in canon that he as someone who is clothing clothing designer as someone who's in charge of a look um we we get very much an in canon that those are the people that talk and chat and gossip and and get the people that they're working with to talk and it's just a very like he's set up to be a captive audience also just in general
1: yep uh all right Bye, Senna. Miss you. I just, I loved every section about him in the books. It's just, ah. For Katniss, depictions of reliving trauma, and we're going to call this Hollywood PTSD. It hits all the story beats of how PTSD gets depicted in film and popular media. And we understand that real PTSD is a little bit different, but the author clearly wants the reader to think PTSD. And since our stance is that the author has inflicted this on the character, we're going to use PTSD just as a shorthand throughout the rest of this section. we're not saying anything about anyone real who does or does not have PTSD. But
0: Yeah, but this is, that, this is very clearly one of those where that is the depiction goal.
1: Yeah, that's what you're supposed to think of. Um so Katniss and her PTSD Oh the nightmares. So many nightmares. Uh so she has PTSD from book one which makes sense. Uh, she has nightmares and have part of, as we'll, we talked about in, in book one, the fake relationship with Peta. in book two, stuff gets added to it because having someone else, specifically him, in this case in bed helps to keep the nightmares away.
0: And... Which to be fair was something that started in book one. Yeah. But in book two she has a lot of internal monologue about how if he's not there, there's nightmares yeah. every night forever, and it's she does not ever have sleep that doesn't include them. Um and, and her I, I will give and I would he like does to too. give the that's yeah that's fair. He does too. I would like to give the author some credit here. So I know so hollywood ptsd hollywood's version of ptsd that they like to to put up on screen a lot of times what you'll see especially in movies is or or i mean in books too but especially in movies you'll see like this the reoccurring single nightmare that happens every time you fall asleep and it's the one that you experience and that's that's not what this author did Mm -hmm. and i would just like to point out that this is a I don't want to call it better, but a more varied, more nuanced portrayal of this. Uh, she has so there's PTSD has a lot of real-life variants and we're not trying to say, you know, that Katniss's PTSD is the only way to experience it. Um, Hollywood PTSD is a quote-unquote real permutation, but also it's not the be-all and end-all. But I like and I think it is it is a very good portrayal here of this, where Katniss's nightmares are varied and mm-hmm. they definitely they very clearly have pullbacks and flashbacks to the trauma that she's experienced. But they change. Yeah. And they're also very clearly inspired by whatever it is that she just went through. Anytime there's anytime there's a a nightmare reference or or depiction we can see the threads of that one thing that happened to her today superimposed on the trauma she already experienced Um, that's good storytelling that's really good storytelling like it's really really nice um and also from a from a reader perspective it's not boring it's not of course she dreamed about that one drowning sequence over and over. Um and and I will say that that because it's a book, I think the it's 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 definitely a lot easier for an author to to have that kind of more varied storytelling than it is for say a film that would have to then record and film and make up new things and it's a lot easier and this is why we call it hollywood ptsd it's a lot easier if you're making a movie or if you're making a a tv show to film the one scene one time
1: and then just use little parts of it as a shorthand for up had the nightmare again yeah or or even the
0: same 10 seconds over and over every night and and this doesn't do that and it doesn't do it in a really smart way and it very clearly the author is very clearly put some thought into how these nightmares were going to manifest
1: yeah like there's common threads like there's a very particular thing that happened at the very end of book one where pieces of that are a reoccurring feature but not every single
0: time just
1: not every single
0: time and not always front and center
1: yeah, not always front and center. And just enough for it to be like, oh, that was the freakiest thing in the arena. But honestly, <laughs>
0: that was the freakiest thing in the arena. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> an, yeah, yeah. As a reader. So I'm trying to remember. There was one that, I, that kind of stuck in my head, and now I can't remember what the exact thread was.
1: Uh, a thread that connects book two and three, where the nightmares get... Uh, much weirder is when she learns certain things about president snow and you end up with a bunch of motifs of flowers and roses and she goes from having nightmares about uh like wolf creatures with the faces of dead tributes to having nightmares about roses and flowers and the scent of flowers and making a nightmare about flowers be genuinely terrifying and (laughs) twisted and scary is uh well done (laughs) yeah in in these books and it that one crosses into both two and three but here is where we're talking about the nightmares so
0: yeah and and the thing with this particular portrayal is like i just want to really i don't know i i just really am i really like the way this was this was handled in general um, but she'll have that that thing with with the flowers that is very much a current thing that's that's happening to her but she sees that depiction on people that have been dead since book one like it's it's just very it's a very good tie back it's a very good visual and it's very it, it makes sense because it's not just katniss is working through current trauma in her nightmares it's this is all of the undealt with stuff and so now it's it's been mixed and rearranged so that she's re-experiencing like four different traumatic things at the same nightmare
1: and because the hunger (laughs) games literally never end ptsd
0: because they
1: literally never end she doesn't ever really get a chance to stop and process and work through stuff and move on at least not in book two for certain we can quibble about whether she gets to it all in book three but <laughs> not in book two which is where not we in are. book two not at all
0: so she also has a pretty strong this this is the part so she also has some pretty strong uh visual flashbacks and so here's the thing in In Hollywood PTSD, a lot of the time, these flashbacks are purely visual and they're always, 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 always triggered by either a specific place or a specific word. Like, you'll see that a lot in movies. Oh, yeah. And I I actually, also in this book, I think that this was well handled too because she definitely gets visual flashbacks. We get literal explicit text of her saying, like, her thinking she saw a thing when she walked into that place again and then she turns and no it's not there anymore because she's just she's just going back to that that trauma Um but also sometimes it is there <laughs> because the capital is still messing with her but she gets those visual flashbacks but she also she also gets sometimes it's not a visual flashback and and in ptsd there there are multiple types of flashbacks you can get and she specifically gets she gets the visual ones that are very hollywood but she also gets uh smell
1: Mm, and sounds smell especially with the flowers and also oh yeah
0: oh yeah but just just smell and, and sound in general which um I don't know. It it's just it's a much more it's a much more grounded
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh thing for the audience to experience. Um, especially because it's not. And, and when I say grounded, I mean the variety of flashback makes it feel more more yeah. grounded, more real. If it was all olfactory, or if it was all audio, it would still not be. It would still be the same kind type of like hollow feeling that only visual gives you but the fact that it it was all three of them and it rotated and sometimes it was the same memory being triggered in different senses and 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 not at the same time like you know not always at the same time and so i don't i don't know i it was just as reading it felt more like she was going through this thing and that you as a reader were watching her go through it uh and also i would like to say too that i don't think we we talked in our first episode about the portrayal of uh food food um food insecurity food insecurity that was a hard read that was hard to read for uh, for us. But I also have PTSD from different things. This was not hard to read.
1: Well, I also say that's a little bit of a different nature of the thing because you're not going to be triggered by her triggers.
0: Well, that's That's true. That's true. But also... There's a specific reason, because I know for me reading books, sometimes when a oh, character okay. is going through PTSD, especially if it's portrayed in this kind of the same ways that I experience, which Katniss's actually is. Katniss's portrayal is pretty close to to some things that I've dealt with. But this was not triggering for me. And the, the reason I think that I, I think this was done very well in a way that did actually protect the audience is anytime That she had a trigger. The language used. To describe. The flashback that she was going through. Was incredibly third person. Incredibly. Observational. Language and descriptions. What we did not get. That we could have gotten. And would have been completely in line. With the rest of the book. The rest of the series. What we did not get was. Katniss walked into the room and the smell of blood enveloped her. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get language like that. We got Katniss walked into the room and and thought she could hear again that one sound and thought for a second that there was a smell of blood and looked around the room and the only thing she could think about was the visit with with President Snow that's the kind of descriptions that we got and the language that was used makes it clear that katniss is experiencing this but we as an audience are not and it was just i just think that this whole this entire thing was very 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 well done and i think it was very i think it was very good decisions made with how it was done
1: can i also point to so you're saying something about the the language there i think that by going to this more distant third-person language in a book that, while technically the entire book is third-person, it rides much closer to her her thoughts for the mm-hmm. rest of it. I think that this distancing also is important when we're talking about trauma, because if the book suddenly switched from I to they, that oh, would... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be... That'd be a huge, like, disassociation. <laughs> but I think that that... I don't want to assume that the author, like, was going that far with this. But it has a little bit of that... It has a little bit of that effect. And it I does. think that some disassociation is not out of place not for someone in Katniss's position. Oh, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's fa- it makes sense that it would happen. And so for that subtle distancing to happen in the books... I, yeah, I think that's very appropriate.
0: Honestly, with the with the language used, I don't actually think that it. I don't actually think it's that Katniss is is putting a barrier there. I I honestly the way the way it's written, it's written as though Katniss is in the moment and it's overwhelming her, but it's not written to overwhelm the reader. So I don't actually think Katniss has has this separation at all. Oh okay I think it's think I that- think it's purely done for the reader and and to be honest it's we could assign the author different motives for that language change as even something as as um as uh even something as utilitarian as just not describing it again and using up more words and keeping and not having the book be fifty percent flashback but it doesn't really matter in my head why because the the thing that we're we're talking about is the the audience experience and for me as an audience member experiencing that i can witness katniss have a flashback without having to re-go through what she experienced with her is huge and and yeah i just i don't know it it is it is very much it is very much a permutation on that Hollywood P- PTSD. But as a reader, I thought that it was very well done in a way that did not give me that same feeling, especially when contrasted with with the food insecurity. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> I, th- I gosh, think it's, yeah. it's just a very good it's just a very good juxtaposition of like, this was handled very well.
1: Again, no guarantees that this book will or won't. Uh, have any impact on your own specific things as a reader but for us of the two (laughs) this handling was the handling of the PTSD was less stressful than the handling of the food insecurity at least for the two of us so (music) on to Katniss and self-sacrifice As a little bit of an extension of one of our book one topics with the faking a relationship, we move into the very large self-sacrifice of pretending to be pregnant, because that has all kinds of implications for herself and her relationships with everybody else. If she actually had done what is necessary to be pregnant with Peter's baby. Yeah, so which they hadn't done. <sighs> so she's like sacrificing her reputation and identity uh, at minimum, like her yeah. re- with her friends and family cuz she doesn't get a chance to tell them it's not
0: real for a
1: very long time.
0: Well, and she also by going along with this, she is sacrificing i mean she she almost goes through she almost she so we this is not a thing that she would have wanted and she specifically in the in the first book talks a lot about it being a thing that she probably will never want she does not want to be the parent to a child who then has to experience this culture she just she straight up does not want to have children and also the way she found
1: out that she was supposedly
0: pregnant is,
1: again, Pita announcing something without, without consulting her. And it's part of Hamish and Pita's strategy for Peta and Katniss without consulting Katniss and,
0: ah. Uh. Yeah. Well, and, and also she experiences some of the same trauma that she would if she were actually pregnant. Yeah. Because now she has thoughts and, and and i think even nightmares and just this this crushing like you know if i were to actually bring a child into this world and and she just she just goes through some of that emotional trauma that that would have actually inflicted on her and
1: like given that she is someone who doesn't want to be pregnant and does not want to have a child in the world
0: that she lives in yeah and and specifically like she goes through the if I had a kid here is all of the things that I would hate about that and here's all of the things I would be inflicting on them and and I really feel like this is I I honestly I feel like I mean okay (laughs) this is not a critique on the author this is a critique on the character I don't think this is something that should have been sprung on her because I don't think the reaction that they got I think there could have been other reactions because like obviously she's gonna know if she was actually pregnant. Like Peter's not gonna well, know that if she doesn't. And so I think like
1: Remember our our premise is that the author is, is the one with the agency to inflict this on her. I know. And I'm so- not I'm
0: but this is not this is not a critique on the author. This okay, is you because think I think the story. author did it on purpose and I think it was part of just it's I mean it is literally the same way that PETA and Hamich hey handle all of the things that they want Katniss to react to live on camera like that's yep. the thing that's the choice the author made but I think yeah. that specifically for this PETA could have known Mitch should have found out that the idea of being pregnant is awful terrifying and, to her. and terrifying and not okay with her and like but that's that's readily available information to them and they should have bothered and i'm not saying the author should have changed the, the decision i'm saying if Peter was a was a real person if haymitch was a real person they should have bothered and yep. and the fact that they didn't means that she just went through a lot of emotional trauma that she had already decided she was not able and willing to handle in real life.
1: Uh, self-sacrifice, we're going to also dip back into something in book one that we hadn't talked about there, but it has implications that carry all the way through because yeah. she, she volunteered as tribute yeah. um, for, <laughs> for, her for Prim <laughs> because of doing that, she then is in a position to have to go back into the arena again. Just everything yeah. just rippling out from that initial self-sacrifice. She tried to save her sister from something and then ends up put on this weird pedestal and ev- just all this stuff above and beyond just what the capital was going to try to do to her as any other tribute. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to trivialize it as just what the capital was going to do to her. But like it it is more it's it's more than what she would have gone through if she had just been a tribute and died in book one. Yeah. And absolutely carrying on and she she's alive because other people need her.
0: Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. She gets t- treated
1: like MacGuffin. We keep talking about how she doesn't even she doesn't even get told what strategies are around her, who her allies are. She has people coming up to her and being like, uh, here, I did the thing you wanted. And she's like, the thing I wanted? What? Yeah,
0: there's, there's a lot of just so this is this is interesting to me actually, because she is literally treated as an object. She's treated as a visual. She's treated as a a thing a a chess piece without being given any agency or even any information that she doesn't dig out or figure out herself and she's really good at figuring that information out but also she's being treated she's being very literally objectified but not in a sexual way not in a feminine like oppressively patriarchal way she's being literally treated as an an object i mean there's also shuffled that, around the board but yeah i mean i, I mean there's, she's a there's that but not even but yeah but like she's
1: a symbol and a macguffin
0: yeah and and that's it it's not that plus being a person it's just that oh
1: um a macguffin is the object of your fetch quest oh yeah just in case yeah
0: <laughs> just in case people don't read tv tropes for 16 hours every day uh
1: fetch quest
0: (laughs) is where you have to go on a quest (laughs) to go get a thing (laughs) that one i feel like is a little bit more self-explanatory um yeah so but it's 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 very incredibly traumatic to her and it causes her to have a lot of issues even just trusting i mean even just trusting her her literal allies uh like you know because if, if someone walks up and says i mean and she almost almost i want i would even argue almost feels gaslit by this oh yeah because of that whole like people are coming up to her and saying like i did what you wanted here's that thing you've been arguing for here look i saved your stupid important people that you've decided were important and she's like what are you talking about and how would you even know that and and it it, oh and and
1: she told haymidge no
0: allies she told him no allies
1: like they decided she was consulted with made a decision and it didn't matter and that that alienation and helplessness oh yeah she's she's ready she doesn't she's extremely important without feeling worthwhile and as the book goes on she's just ready to die and she's only staying alive long enough to help pita live but everybody else including pita is trying to keep her alive and is willing to sacrifice this themselves for her mm-hmm. uh it is uh, not trying not to reference other media too much it is almost as bad as the winchesters in supernatural um but it, it just she doesn't everybody's just throwing self-sacrifice at everybody else (laughs) and if you do that back and forth long enough a lot of people are just gonna end up dead yeah which is what happens
0: uh (sighs) she could have been told she didn't have to be told all of the things they were trying to keep secret but they a hundred percent could have just said to her hey I know you're also trying to keep PETA alive. I know that that's your goal, but you should stay alive as long as possible because you are the symbol for the rebellion and we're, we are trying to foster. Like, she could have been given literally anything that told her not to just try and die. Yeah. And she wasn't. And then all of her attempts to die were thwarted. Like, but she, because she could she have was been trying to die. Agency.
1: Yeah, because she was trying to day die they got thwarted in ways that meant that other people died.
0: Yeah. And and that uh, could have been completely avoided without putting in jeopardy their mission and it just it just is piling things on her. Because now not only does she not get what she wanted, not only is she thwarted in her plans, but now other people she cares about are dead and she didn't even get a chance to protect them. Because the whole point was that she wouldn't have to be there to deal with it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a lot. (laughs) Yep.
1: And we put this after PTSD and escalation because that PTSD probably contributes to her wanting to die. And we went back and forth on which one of them is the one higher in escalation and we went with what contributes to the other so on to the wrap up for our gratuity rating with cinna do you think it's off screen or mild
0: well a very particular there is a scene that i think kicks it up to either moderate or severe there is a very specific scene that is severe i think it is mostly because it's not it's not totally off screen the whole point of it is that it's not off screen it's just very well managed um and especially with like, the actual outfits she gets and the conversations he has with her when he gives them to her, it's a nod off screen. Um, okay. I think it is mostly mild, but that one scene is severe. Which is a weird, it looks weird yeah. when I write mild slash severe, but also I think that's, that's accurate.
1: Yep. Uh, for Katniss and Hollywood PTSD.
0: Severe. Severe.
1: Yep. For Katniss and self-sacrifice, it's somewhere between modern severe. and severe,
0: I think it's pretty severe. Okay, especially with her um her goals. Yeah, I think it's pretty severe.
1: All right, Cinna is integral to the plot.
0: Absolutely, just,
1: just. Yep, yeah, just he is totally, her rock. Oh, yeah, wow. he is integral, and just um, trauma is integral yeah the p t s d also is integral because it would be <laughs> very weird if she went through everything that's happening and didn't have it and nothing was shown
0: yeah that would be that would be bizarre and unrealistic more than i mean, I don't even want to talk about whether or not it's realistic. that would just be a very emotionally very em- dry book, yeah, there would just be nothing happening, yeah, um okay. Uh, self-sacrifice super integral. Yep, it drives it's a the lot whole of political points. It's the whole story.
1: Yeah, she and volunteers is something else. That's the whole
0: story. That's true. Yeah, like it's literally the story. Um, yeah. Treated with care, Senna. Yes, absolutely it's treated
1: with care. The PTSD. I think so. I think it was treated with care.
0: Yeah, the self-sacrifice, I don't think it is. I think maybe it's treated with enough. Yeah, cuz I don't okay. I don't think it could have been treated with more and have it still been again like had an impact on her. Yeah. Um Okay. I'll 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 go with enough. Yeah, it definitely wasn't just treated with care, but uh so I was kind of joking about this before, but also like off well not on the recording but like this is a katniss centered series she's the only voice we hear she's the point of view for the trauma and the aftermath of everything
1: yep but i did want to make the point that with cinna we do get his own words we get his own words but also in terms of point of view especially for aftermath very deliberately we only have katniss's perspective for part of it and that is Mm. on purpose to drive up the shock and horror and uncertainty and a whole ton of other negative emotions about this particular event
0: yeah that's fair but it it still is just Katniss. Yeah, every,
1: everything yeah. on screen is Katniss, but I I want to make okay. the point that it matters that something <laughs> in, wasn't shown. In this one because, part, it matters. Because Katniss didn't see what happened afterward. Right. I think that's important. Okay,
0: that makes sense. The aspiring writer tip.
1: Aspiring writer tip. Um, if you're gonna show PTSD, have a, a varied and nuanced portrayal and yeah it's a very nuanced portrayal of the hollywood version of ptsd but but it's pretty it was it's it was it's full enough to be its own thing even if it doesn't exactly match a clinical diagnosis i mean like like it might but whether or not it does
0: yeah like whether or not it's 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 realistic it was done in a way that it was just good, and it feels complete. It does, and it, As doesn't, a thing. it doesn't. It doesn't. F- it doesn't feel like someone just said, "What boxes do I need to check?" These. It, it doesn't matter whether or not those boxes are are clinical or not, but it doesn't feel like someone was checking boxes. It feels like someone said, "Okay, how would this trauma come back and affect this character?" And then they made that happen. And it's relevant to the plot, like
1: it. <laughs> It drives decisions. It matters. Um. Favorite non-traumatic thing? Senna.
0: Senna is my favorite. Senna is my favorite character in this whole entire series. And Senna's handling of things that could have been traumatic in ways that make them less traumatic is just really good. So Senna is my favorite non-traumatic thing and also my favorite character.
1: Yep. Um. I I kind of like the interview guy. (laughs) I don't remember his name now, but like the one who like just the amount of stuff he is juggling so effortlessly. Oh my gosh! And he's got like either thirty seconds or a minute or something. He's he's got a very short amount of time to get all this info out of all these people, and just everyone's got their own agendas. Like I really loved the interview scenes yeah um in the book all right i is that our shortest wrap-up ever possibly okay well thus far at least all right uh thank you all for joining us and we will see you in a fortnight
0: everyone we're gonna go ahead and read off our new patrons as of this month in february 2020 We have two
1: new patrons, they joined in January, which means they are the new patrons for February. And it is Chris Alvarado and Hallie. Thank you so much for supporting us. I hope you're enjoying all of your patron goodies, like access to episodes one week early. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you would like to become a patron, you can head to patreon.com slash books that burn
0: to get your shout out on the show. All music used in this podcast was created by me as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. You can follow us on Twitter at books that burn, all one word. Email us with questions, comments, or book re- recommendations at burn at yahoo.com. Support us on patreon.com slash books that burn. All
1: patrons get access to our upcoming book list and receive a one-time shout out. Leave us an iTunes review. This really helps people to find the show. And find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks.